Stefan Osic. Hey, what's up, people? Welcome back to the podcast. Feels so good to be back. Um, yeah, I'm so stoked to be able to bring you the second episode featuring this uh, wonderful guest. Um, she's a nutritionist, uh, amazing nutritionist, I must say, and I've been seeing her now for about <clears throat> yeah, six months. I kind of touched on a little bit in the interview and the conversation we had. But yeah, where, where she comes from and how she approaches, I thought it was uh, real beneficial and it helped me a lot. Uh, and that was really the intention of this uh, episode. We're in a time now where health is our greatest asset and our health is being hijacked um, in every area. We're not being um, taught and told and informed uh, on what it actually means to be a healthy person in this world. We're not taught and told about the toxins. We're not taught and told about the environmental factors. We're not taught and told about what foods to eat um, and what types of foods to eat and where the foods come from. So, and you know, from a mechanistic point of view, what actually happens when you eat certain types of foods. So we got to go deep on this and cover a lot of things. I even felt that we didn't cover enough, but just as for time, we had to cut it short. Um, so yeah, me and Annalise are definitely gonna have another conversation in the future, uh, which I think will be super beneficial just to kind of yeah, get clarify even more things and yeah for those that are listening if they want to hear more things from Annalise uh, just let me know and I can bring those questions up in the conversation um, so yeah just do a bit of housekeeping this podcast is brought to you by myself um, yeah super stoked with the sponsorship yeah kind of shows up every day um, does what it needs to and brings about these conversations. So I'm very blessed and fortunate uh, that I can do this and bring this to you all. And yeah, as I said, this is gonna be one of many, many more to come. And I'm gonna just get on top of, yeah, making these more frequent and trying to get more uh, interesting and uh, knowledge-filled guests that can really give us some wisdom and insight as we navigate this ever-changing world and it is my intentions you know the, to live in service and this is a part of my process so yeah I hope you guys enjoy this episode uh, reach out for <clears throat> any tips recommendations any guests you'd think would be yeah good to listen to and good to have on uh, so yeah keep it locked and we'll speak to you soon well, yeah, I've pressed record, so we're pretty much underway now. Good to be here, Annalise. Thanks for taking the time. It's been, yeah, we had we had a bit of a technical issue two weeks ago, so we sat down and we we're about to commence the conversation, and then we had, well, I had another technical issue that I had to uh, address, and it was a similar technical issue that I had from the first podcast, so I'm glad that's fixed now, so it's good to be here. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Um, yeah, well, welcome, Annalise. Thank um, you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah. We're in, we're in um, Annalise's uh, office now, where she does a lot of her consultations and a lot of her work as a nutritionist, so I guess we could start with a bit of that. I'd love to hear a bit of your background, you know, and what, what it is that you do exactly and how it started. Yeah, cool. So um, I've been practicing for myself 
probably for close to four years now. Prior to that, I was um, working in Australia, did a bit of public health nutrition over there, worked in the mines doing a little bit of nutrition, pretty basic stuff, and then, yeah, decided to move back home and just jumped into opening my own business. Always wanted to work with people. Um, nutrition was my passion. Always been into health and wellness. And then, um, yeah, sort of over the last couple of years, I've just targeted more sports performance nutrition. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the area that I'm really sort of delving into now. Um, and then I have a few other colleagues that work with me that, you know, specialize in gut health, um, hormones, female nutrition, and um, like skin health and naturopathy so yeah mm. so we're just all working together but yeah I'm based here in my office and then we're actually opening up another office in Wairau Park so which is cool. I was there at the CrossFit yeah. Infinite gym. Yeah, at yeah. Infinite. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So what I'm curious about Australia, what, what like you working in the mines was that in conjunction with your nutrition avenue or did you work in the mines and you realised you could add that additionally to your job like you could yeah so basically i was working in the gyms like in the mines okay. so this is a massive mine site there's like seven thousand people there it was like a a little village town and yeah i was working in the gyms like as a health and well active lifestyle coach they called them um and then yeah being like a qualified nutritionist they just got me to do more sort of the nutrition side of things, helping with the, um, like, coming up with meals for the, um, for people who worked there at the mine site, like, a healthier options. So just real basic stuff. Mm. But I did work with a lot of the um, employees that worked there, like, doing sort of, like, more one-on-one -on -one stuff with them. So, yeah, coming up with plans and customising them to suit their needs and goals. But yeah, definitely nowhere near as in-depth to like what I'm doing now. Yeah. yeah, so it was cool. Like it was a great roster. I was on two Imagine. weeks on, two weeks off. So awesome lifestyle where I did a lot of traveling. But, um, you know, as we all do, we'd like to come home eventually. Yeah. So yeah. decided I, to make the move. Yeah, I imagine that you would have um, encountered a lot of like resistance or you would have encountered a lot of people's progress too, like being with them all the time did you notice that that like certain people that were committed certain people that weren't you kind of got to get a close kind of proximity of their progress yeah yeah definitely and I mean working away um, FIFO they call it you know fly and fly out there was a lot of mental health issues too because oh, of naturally of a lot of the older men actually um, being away from their families and sort of stuck in that trap of earning a lot of money and you know a lot of high purchases that they have to pay off mortgages wow. family they have to provide for they f they found that they're trapped you know and they couldn't really go back transition into like a normal day um a normal job because of the pay difference so it was quite yeah quite bad actually wow. mental health and everything which i don't know what's going on now but i know that um they take it quite serious, but they don't really do much about it, you know, because it's all about the money at the end of the day. So, yeah. Yeah. It, was that was it when you were practicing with them? Did, was that something that you addressed a bit? But I guess, as you said, it wasn't as in depth as you are doing now. But did you feel that was something you 
kind of had a mind on when you were seeing clients at that time? Like yeah. Mental health and yeah, yeah, yeah. You could pick that up. Yeah. Definitely okay. with people, but a lot of the older guys, you know, it's quite hard because yes. they've got that get on with it, yep. just push through mentality. That thick skin, that's kind yeah. of callous, their whole... So it's kind of hard to break through that. Absolutely. But, I mean, I know, what can you do, eh? Like, yeah. so much you can do. Oh, sounds like a real good, like, starting um, base for you to have worked from, you know, working in that sort of environment. Yeah. I yeah. imagine, was it very, very uh, male-dominated, that industry? Yes, or? there's probably, yeah. like, 80 men to 20 women. Wow. You know? Like yeah, see what it is. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's. I guess in retrospect, you look at it, it's probably like, shit, that was some good groundwork for me. Like, did you yeah. feel that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I tend to get along with guys quite easily anyway. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like, you've just got to sort of get on with it. And yeah. Yeah, like, they. They respected a lot of the women up there, but yeah, yeah. I mean, in my job, it was fine because you know yeah. I was working in the health and fitness area, so yeah. most generally people who come through there are interested in health and wellness. So oh, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, it's fascinating. Yeah. I don't actually really, I didn't really know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. so I've known you now. What probably started this year, really? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Because she, well, Annalise, she's basically my nutritionist, so. That's kind of how this relationship is, yeah, um, manifested. And um, since starting this podcast, I was like, man, who can I get, especially at the beginning of this, and what's what's the intention? I was like, well, shit, I know a nutritionist. So it kind of like the intention of this was just for, for the listener and even for myself is just to demystify a few things. And it seems that um, a lot of health and wellness and that whole kind of industry that whole world there's a lot of terminology and a lot of information out there that seems unnecessarily harder than it needs to be and mm-hmm. um, that's kind of I'm trying to kind of reduce it down into a real elementary language obviously for 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 the listener but even even just for myself because I want to understand it more because um, I'm personally on a path myself in this industry but that's that would be another discussion uh, and you, you mentioned with your team, you've got, I had a little um, look on your website and it's looking really nice, by the way. Oh, like, thanks. Yeah. I think there's still a lot of work to do, yeah. thanks. Isn't there always, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like you've got your, your, your blog posts, which are real interesting. Some about like recovery, magnesium supplementation. Yeah. Um, like uh, recommendations on like autumn, autumn diets for coming into autumn and for women when they're in a menstrual cycle and how to best kind of get in the required nutrients and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, and then I had a look at your team and you've got, you're building, build a little team now. You've got like f- three other nutritionists that specialize in almost different fields. Yeah, yeah, so most of them are just part-time, but yeah. you know, hopefully over time transition into full-time. We do have yeah, a naturopath coming on board in August, so she specializes mostly in skin health, which is oh. cool. So yeah, just kind of getting people, as you know, well, a lot. It's a lot better working with other people that have the ma- have, like same qualifications, and we work in the same industry. Yeah. So we can really specialize in different areas. Yeah. And focus One on stop that. Shop almost, yeah. It seems. Rather than because nutrition, it's a massive topic, you yeah. know, but really targeting and focusing on one specific area then, you know, ultimately you can try and be the best you can mm. in that um, topic or field or whatever. So, 
So, yeah. so you touched on it in your intro, but like, what is it that you you would say your your specialty is? Um, um, I'd say yeah, sports nutrition mm, would be. And that was a that was a slight change up eh, as you got deeper into it, right? If at first it was a bit more broad and yeah, you, I think I guess when I was starting, I was just yeah. like broad, open to take on yeah. any client, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> work with any sort of goals that they are after but yeah now mm. sort of focusing on that at the moment I do see a range of different clients like I've just recently seen one who's got serious brain injury so we're doing a lot of work with her um, I've got a lot of women with hormonal issues um, you know things like endo and polycystic ovaries and then um, yeah like a lot of performance clients but also you know people who are generally after weight loss or mm. increased energy or muscle yeah. gain or whatever yeah, yeah mm. so just seeing a variety but yeah mainly you want to focus on the sports performance side of things um, well yeah lucky me because um, <clears throat> that's kind of why I'm seeing Annalise's um, I'm getting back into my running and my training and I just kind of came out of this injury, a meniscus tear, and yeah, a whole host of other injuries that just yeah just riddled me beginning of this year. And I've started back up my training protocol. And here's Annalise now. She's going to be taking me through some um, protocols and some resets and kind of where I want to be. So it's good to know that that's your specialty. It's assuring. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, I'm, cool. what I'm getting myself in for, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You, uh, touched on uh, something about the brain I kind of may as well just kind of go into that yeah. uh, learning about um, like depression and mental health and people that have you know anxiety and the likes of and I read this study or heard this study from these doctors saying that about 90% of the serotonin your body produces comes from your gut that so like what's how, how does that work like, yeah so yes that's correct so basically, um, there's in your gut, you know, you've got hundreds of different living microbes, and there's certain microbes in your gut that actually metabolize or convert tryptophan, which is an amino acid that you can get through your diet, into serotonin. Mm. So there's special specialized cells in there, and basically, um, serotonin's like a neurotransmitter. That's that's like your feel-good hormone. Yep. So it makes you feel good, makes you feel content, relaxed. Um, but yeah, there's certain microbes in there that get um, basically communicated from the brain to convert that um, tryptophan, which is found in you know like things like eggs, chicken, fish. Five HTP, right? That's that's tryptophan. Yeah, 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 that's like the active form of it. So that's the synthesized. Yeah. Yeah. So that. Okay. Um, some people take that and actually mm. notice that they that their moods improve because wow. it's the active form that's easily converted to serotonin, which they may already have gut issues in yeah. trying to convert that from you know or lacking it in their diet basically. Um, so that's yeah those those microbes in the gut pretty much um, convert that and metabolize it into serotonin and that's how it's made. So it's like they get triggered by your brain yeah. um, to, con to follow through with that conversion. See, it's so fascinating that just that right there just completely cuts through the medical system and the whole approach to depression that we've essentially been sold by, uh, yeah, doctors and I guess common, the common healthcare system. And it just seems like, it's like, is this like a fucking conspiracy or something? Yeah. How is that not? 
addressed? How is it that, uh, you know, that's not the first point of action when doctors see patients? Because I, I, I've had a couple of friends that have been, um, you know, in, in those states and know a couple, you know, they're dear friends of mine. And I was, you know, got, got to know one pretty well and um, just, yeah, observing, observing the actual lifestyle you know, that, that, that we're living, it just wasn't congruent with being a healthy and positive individual. It just seemed, you know, in terms of their diet, yeah. yet they're given these drugs and the doctors say, oh yeah, take this dose, oh it doesn't work, let's change to this dose. I just can't understand like how... Oh yeah, they're just masking the problem really. It, it is. It a is. lot of the time it is, just a band-aid sort of solution. And you know, depression, anxiety, so many people experience it these days. And yes, like sometimes it can be connected back to the serotonin. Yeah. But also it can be inflammation yeah. in the brain too. Yeah. Um, so that's when, you know, high dose of fish oils, turmeric and all your sort of anti-inflammatory foods and reducing pro-inflammatory foods can mm. be really helpful. Mm. Basic stuff like mm. sleep, water, managing your stress, movement, mm. you know, it's working on those base foundations first and then looking at like supplementation from there. But also, you know, as you know, like mindfulness stuff and getting out in nature, being exposed to sun because the sun actually increases your serotonin levels too, which converts to like melatonin in the evening. So it's all sort of converted. But another interesting thing that I read about serotonin is that actually um, when you're under chronic stress, so this draws back to, you know, being stressed out all the time. Um, sometimes that serotonin can be converted into a bad compound, which is a long chemical name, that increases your risk of neurodegenerative diseases. Whoa. So instead of being converted into serotonin, it gets converted into this bad compound, tryptophan, which increases your risk of certain neurodegenerative diseases. What, so like Alzheimer's? Yeah, Alzheimer's, dementia. dementia. Yeah, um, all sorts of like... MS sometimes, you know, can trigger oh, autoimmune. Multiple sclerosis? Yeah, multiple sclerosis. Oh, what's multiple, what is that again? Like it's like an even permanent nerve, nerve damage yeah, um, yeah. in your spine usually. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, which, you know, a lot of people lose the, the feeling of being able to walk and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that's interesting and it draws back to just being under chronic stress and how, and as you know, you know, stress has a huge impact to our gut in general, because we've got that vagus nerve that um, connects from our brain down to our gut. For example, when you feel like nervous or excited, you get that feeling in your gut, and that's just what stress does, is it just starts to damage your membrane um, wall in your gut, starts to cause things like dysbiosis, which is like an imbalance of gut microbiome, which can, you know, then cause a range of health issues long term. Everything's just so integrated. Yeah, See, definitely. That, that's another thing that I just find it's just, it almost just, I almost just can't, can't believe the misinformation that we're, we're, we've been fed just just on a day to day from the, the moment, you know, we're born to the moment, you know, we go to school and, and leave school. It's never, it's never emphasized like the food, the environment, the people, the sun, the water, getting outside, being in nature, um, you know, stress, your management of stress, your intake of coffee, what kind of job do you have? What kind of people do you hang around? It's just never, and then it all comes back. It sounds like what you're saying, it all seems to be rooted back into the gut. 
um, and you just briefly pulled out that word um, microbiome. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about what the microbiome is, what's its processes. You touched on it, I guess, through um, explaining how how serotonin works, but I'd love to kind of, yeah, canvas that a bit for the listener and myself because it's something that I've been, um, yeah, kind of exploring and it just it fascinates me. It's just like this whole world of uh, 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 bacteria, like riddled, you know, symphony in your gut that everyone has, you know, yeah, billions, yeah. billions of bacteria in our gut. Yeah. It's yeah, and I mean, it's a massive topic, but to simplify it, I guess, you know, there's there's so many things that that um, microbiome is involved in in your in general, um, you know, with your body. Um, like we said, 90% of serotonin is made in the gut. 90% of your immune system is located in your gut. Um, there's gut microbiome that are involved in vitamin synthesis, hormone production, hormone metabolism. Like for example, they've found lately that there's a certain microbiome microbiome in your gut called estrobilome that is involved in the metabolism of estrogen so that's you know a reproductive hormone predominantly found in women but it's found in men too um, also there's different bacteria are involved with different things and there's this I just wanted to touch on this first um, there's this awesome functional gut microbiome mapping test that you can get done um, which is quite cool because it tests for different um, bacteria species, for pathogens, for parasites, for yeast, for fungi, but also autoimmune triggers. So mm. things like um, Crohn's, Hashimoto's, um, Graves' disease, um, multiple sclerosis, lupus. Mm. Now they've found that there's certain bacteria Crohn's? species. Is Crohn's in that? Because Crohn's yeah, is Crohn's, a bit of an yeah. anomaly, isn't it? Within, sorry to cut you off, but Crohn's, that's something that's not necessarily, like, it's, it's one almost uh, diagnosis, but it can be many different symptoms, correct? Is it, uh, yeah, is it, but it's, it's, it's usually, yeah, well, like inflammation, you know, yeah. of um, the, like specifically more in the, small intestine mm. i would say but yeah like sometimes people when they get crohn's they get rashes in certain different areas of mm. their body mm. but it all triggers back to their gut but yeah they've found that there's um there's certain bacteria species if you've got overgrowth of, of a, a specific bacteria species that can increase or trigger the genetic switch to these certain autoimmune diseases, which is pretty amazing. Mm. So it's like if you get this test done, you could see like maybe you're, um, you know, you're you're in the green zone or the red zone of a certain autoimmune disease, and you can do everything in your power to try and reverse that and bring it back down through diet, supplement, you know, lifestyle changes, whatever it may be. But that, yeah, that's a really cool functional test that you can get done. And then, of course, you know, so many people these days have issues with their gut microbiome. And mm. that is generally due to um, dysbiosis, like an imbalance yeah. of bad gut bacteria. Or it could be that they're, you know, they've got a bit of leaky gut, which yeah. is basically their membrane gut wall has just been broken down over time yeah. from stress, the environment, you know, lack of good quality food, lack of sleep, um, which can then just cause a whole lot of issues. You know, they might, they call it the umbrella term of IBS, which basically just covers. IBS, it does, yeah, right. Yeah, so it just basically just covers like, oh yeah, you've got 
IBS really, yeah. the doctors just use an umbrella term, but when you work with a functional medicine doctor, you can really, really pinpoint the root cause of the problem and do these tests and figure out what's going on and then come up with the right protocol. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot there. So for, for the, um, you know, just for the, the, common, the common folk that are listening, like what would be a first point of address if someone has in, having issues like say by gassy or constipated or yeah. happen to have like issues, what would be like a real good kind of litmus test to kind of see whether or not you do have dysbiosis or these IBS? Yeah, or... well I guess um, bloating, indigestion, reflux, yeah. irregular bowel motions, yeah. constipation, diarrhea, sinus issues, yeah. you know, skin problems, joint pain, low energy all the time. Um, but the obvious ones are, you know, like the bloating around, yeah. around in your gut, or if you find that you react to certain foods after you eat, um, yeah, a lot of gas, yeah, that can that can sometimes be connected back through there. And like the way that I approach it, if people don't want to get these tests done, is, is just really cut back on the pro-inflammatory foods and add in foods that are easy for people to digest and break down because you just want less stress on their digestive system, obviously. So, so, so what would be like a good kind of little protocol? So like what, whole foods, like veggies, like Yeah, seafood, yeah, like, yeah, and I would like obviously a lot of fibre because the fibre is a good bulking agent. Um, depends on how severe they are, their yeah, gut issues. Uh, and then, you know, if it, if it is quite bad, just real easy to break down food. So a lot of soups and stews, you know, meat yeah. that's that's cooked quite well, um, cooked veggies rather than raw, because that's more sort of stress to break it down, okay. reducing those common gut irritants. So things like gluten, dairy, refined sugar, mm. ramping up the fiber, because the fiber um, feeds certain gut bacteria, which produce mm. these short chain fatty acids that are involved in providing energy to the mucous membrane in your gut, mm. which are involved with you know, your immune system, your energy production, your hormone synthesis. Um, and then, yeah, making sure they're getting good quality sleep, obviously, um, and reducing reducing the stress, so breathing techniques, meditation, mm. all that sort of stuff, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, for those listening, Fermented it's like... foods, bone broth, yeah, all of that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for those listening, it sounds like if you have issues and it's almost like you need to create like this whole cyclical kind of approach to it. So like, and getting good sleep, that's probably going to allow you to have more energy and having more energy, you're probably going to have more of an output outside and be outside more likely. And, and having the energy output, you're going to want to have good food. And the type of food you have is what's going to determine the health of your gut. And what determines the health of your gut is what's going to determine your mood. And what determines your mood is whether or not you're going to be anxious or not and be going to bed in time. It's like this. Yeah, it's, it's a like cycle. This, this, yeah, it's like a harmonious like cycle that yeah. you know every little thing. So if you were to, if there was to be one thing that you would want someone, you know, I'm talking the average person right now. If there would be one, hey, uh, let's take it to three. If there would be three things that you'd address for someone, just any person that's listening that's having these issues, what would be the first three for themselves? Not of, of course if they don't have access to a nutritionist or to these tests or to these tools, to, to any resources, if there's just three things that you would want them to address, what would be like your go-to? Yeah, I would definitely say um, ramp up the fiber, you know, getting at least 35 grams of fiber in a day. Okay. So um, that's, Obviously, food sources like fruit and vegetables, whole grains, um, 
oats, things like oats, quinoa, um, brown rice, you know, going for the the grain alternative, but mostly focusing on ramping up the fruit and vegetables. Okay. So I like to tell people, you know, try to get at least five to six handfuls of non-starchy veggies in a day. Um, second thing would be bone broth, drinking lots of bone broth, like lots and lots and lots of it, because you need that bone broth, the highest food source of collagen and glutamine, mm. which are great in building the connective tissue of your gut lining wall. And then I would, I'd have to say, like, uh, focus on your stress levels, you know, mm, managing stress. So, like, stress. good sleep then? Or yeah, yeah, just... stress and sleep, because yeah. probably a lot of people's gut issues these days is, is just due to chronic stress over time, and it's just yeah. start to cause all the damage to the gut wall, but also the gut microbiome. Yeah, and if, if the vegans listening, that want, or, or, or the individuals that are more plant-based, is there any alternative for a bone broth, a collagen source that's not uh, from an animal source? Yeah, like you can get a lot of vegan collagen now, oh, which okay. is derived cool, from um, like seaweed uh, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, so you can, there is alternatives. Ultimately, you know, bone broth is the best. Yeah. Like in terms of the structure. <laughs> Hate to say it to you, vegans. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then you can also get like pure glutamine powder, which is yeah. pretty good too. Yeah. Um, otherwise, for them, it's mainly like fermented foods, you know, getting lots of yeah, sauerkraut, true. miso soup, inanami beans, apple cider vinegar, kimchi. Um, yeah, kimchi. Kimchi. Um, like tempeh, that's actually a fermented bean too. So yeah, those those okay. different alternatives okay. would be good to help to get those different probiotic strains in. And like your gut microbiome thrives off diversity, so it's good to yeah. get a diverse diet. And um, it's kind of like a living, a living like forest, you could say, a little ecosystem that, that you know all those different species provide different foods to feed them and to thrive and nourish and grow mm, mm. so it's good to get that variety in so you can help um, the good bacteria thrive and grow mm, yeah. fascinating so you, you you touched on it um a while back you said it a couple times inflammation can you explain that what actually is inflammation uh just just as a yeah as a term like you know it seems from what i've what i've read and what i've been researching and what i've been listening to is that so many of the root causes of many people's issues seems to be stemmed from inflammation. Um, you know, I've heard like systemic inflammation and induced inflammation. That could be, um, you know, it could also be hermetic inflammation. So inflammation from external factors, but like it all comes back to inflammation. What, what actually is inflammation? Yeah, so I mean, I guess obvious sites of inflammation is like any pain in your body, you know, whether it's say you've injured your knee or you've got any of those gut problems, the bloating, the indigestion, you know, that's not normal. That's signs of inflammation, which sometimes are stemmed from certain food particles passing through into your bloodstream and your immune system attacks it like a foreign object. Then you get signs of inflammation. Okay. It all comes down to your immune response, which causes the inflammatory reaction in your body. Um, just like you know, like you said, acute inflammation or chronic inflammation, like acute would be if you injured yourself. Yeah. Like say you rolled your ankle and then all of a sudden it goes back. Yeah. All the immune like cytokines and all the other immune metabolics travel to that site. Um, and that is the process of healing though, getting that, that mm. inflammation straight away. 
um, and then follow through after that. You know, you do the, if you do the right recovery, then the inflammation drops. So that's kind of like acute inflammation, but chronic inflammation, like people refer to that as um, the root cause of most diseases yeah. long term, yeah. would would just be like in your body, whether it's in your gut or in your skin, and that could be you know simply coming down to dysbiosis of your gut, so imbalance. Anything that causes your body, you know, your body always wants to stay in homeostasis, so in a balanced state. Mm. Um, whether that's in your bloodstream or in your gut or on your skin surface, but anything that waxes out of homeostasis ultimately causes a little bit of inflammation in your body. Yeah. But I mean the obvious way to know is if you've got any pain or if you've got low energy, you know, or if, you're, if, you've, if you've got low moods mm. or if your immune system is always compromised, you know that there's something going on. There's something, and you can actually get just simple blood tests to test for different inflammatory markers, but those are mostly to do with like signs of infection and you know if you've got um, like a, a bacteria infection or yeah. um, you know signs of getting sick or your immune system. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say like referring to it as if you feel different, and I guess like you know we both train quite frequently sometimes you do get that post-exercise inflammation yeah you feel quite inflamed and then you know that you haven't recovered efficiently or you're overdoing it or you're not yeah. sleeping enough or you're not drinking enough water you know you're not getting enough amino acids in so it's like just going by how you feel mm. i guess but there are tests that you can get done mm. yeah okay. that are quite good so so is that why um ice baths are like really good for recovery like if 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 you've had like a real arduous workout, you're gonna go into the ice bath. Is that is that? Yeah, the yeah, for yeah, it? yeah. Is that's that great. Um, yeah, and it's great for um, your blood circulation. Yeah. So fl help to flush out the toxins and get the oxygen and water to your muscles. Um, but also, you know, saunas are good for that too. Mm. Detoxification, getting ready, uh, getting rid of heavy metals, and to help with that blood flow after your workout. But yeah, sort of like cot hold therapy. Uh, sorry, cot hot cot cold hot therapy. Baby cot, a baby yeah. cot, right? <laughs> cold hot therapy is yeah. great. Yeah, for your blood to flush out the toxins. Yeah, and to also dilate and constrict your blood vessels. Yeah, so get rid of the toxins, but also increase the flow to oxygen and water to your muscles. Yeah. Fascinating, yeah. yeah. Annalise, Annalise actually has an ice bath in her garage and I've done that a few times and oh boy, especially because um, <laughs> the days have been pretty cold so it's a mental, it's a battle, the mind, the mind wants to really run away but uh, I guess this ties into what Wim, Ho Wim Hof's method um, with the breathing and kind of like, you know, really really tapping into the breath and getting into like a really like uh continual rhythm a calm calm stay and how much that has such a benefit so there's there's almost like multiple benefits with the cold exposure and it sounds like with the hot exposure because they're both mentally taxing like the you know the first kind of i guess in a sauna the first 15 minutes bearable then the last 
10 minutes, it's almost unbearable. Whereas an ice bath, it's like the first minute and a half, it's unbearable. And then like the next, you know, few minutes, however long you're in there seems to be more bearable. It's like yeah. this funny, like reversed. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. All about your nervous system, eh? Controlling yeah. your nervous system. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so with the inflammation, it sounds like in a way uh, that, you know, Alzheimer's and all, all these uh, ailments that you could almost not not to kind of be too reductionist, but you could almost tie it back to like lifestyle, what they're eating, the, the types of stresses that they're constantly yeah. exposed to. Yeah, I mean, they're saying now one of the biggest risks or contributing factors to Alzheimer's disease is um, lack of sleep throughout your life, you know, wow. sleep deprivation, because during sleep, um, your brain goes through this mechanical process called brain flushing, and, you know, during the day when you're using energy, whether it's for work or, you know, you're, you're doing exercise, um, it, you're, in that process it breaks down a byproduct, which is actually a toxin that gets stored around your brain fluid. And during more deep sleep, that mechanical process happens called brain flushing, and that gets flushed out mm. and then renewed with new fluid. But people who are with Alzheimer's disease um, have a buildup of that toxin in their brain so they're saying that that only happens when you sleep so lack of sleep is one of the contributing factors to alzheimer's disease so all you night owls out there maybe have a second think about you know i guess i guess it's a it's a double-edged sword though because i know a lot of i, I used to be kind of in this camp but a lot of creatives happen to really be in the flow in the night time so it's like you've almost just got to make a make a choice right like do you want do you want to be in your creative flow and make amazing music or amazing art but then increase your chance of alzheimer's not to be too yeah, well. grim but if it's if it's persistent right like i imagine the accumulative effect that's going to accumulate yeah yeah i think it's more sort of like long periods of sleep yeah, deprivation of yeah um like shift workers and people like that that are just constantly their circadian rhythms out of whack um, they've got an increased, yeah, which is shown actually through research. I'm not 100% sure on the percentage, but I think it's like increased 30% risk of um, cancer, cardiovascular disease, and like things like strokes and stuff. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. It's I just find it so fascinating. I, yeah. The listener. I hope. Hope. Um, yeah. There's. There's. There's kind of some interest that's forming here, but I think bottom line, right? Just eat good food, drink good water, have a lot of sleep. Yeah, <laughs> and, move. Like, and yeah. move. And move, and They could just yeah. be like some real good kind of frameworks for you to kind of work yeah, towards. Yeah, yeah. And just and it, Yeah, and it doesn't have to be complicated, you know. I just like to tell people, just eat more real food. More real food, less processed. Like but that Wendy's looks so good. And <laughs> well, you've got to have balance. I, yeah, you know? I know. That's the thing. With, that's the thing. Like, we're we constantly inundated. Yeah. We're inundated with it all the time. KFC, yeah. Texas chicken, Wendy's, you know, oh, even yeah. Subway. Like, and that's not even that good, it turns out now. No. That, that I, I heard um, in, in the country, I think it was in Finland, like one of those European countries, that they've had to declassify it as bread because of its sugar content. It can't even be classified as bread anymore. Yeah. You know, like hearing that, it's just like, man, and then here we are just inundated with it day to day, you know, and 
and you know the industry supposedly cares about our health right you know 99% fat free and you know sugar free but then it's um, substituted with like other artificial sweeteners artificial additives yeah uh, I'd like to kind of go kind of go into that that round this whole fat free fad um that you know we're told fat is bad like where firstly where does that come from and then secondly now with all this new research that's saying the complete contrary that fat is good what's the mechanisms fat is high fat in the body and i guess yeah addressing that first part of the question like why how did this come about you know I think it. I think it came. You know, like when you refer to the whole fat-free, low-fat, yeah. all of that um, sort of stuff. That that went back to the original food pyramid that was created by the government, which is a load of shit anyway. You know, just to be bluntly honest, um, where they have you know down the bottom five to six servings of cereals and breads every day (laughs) and that actually apparently i don't actually know for sure but it makes sense this theory um that food pyramid was uh designed by um companies such as like kellogg's and sanitarium so trying to promote their products for obviously people to buy and it all can be drawn back to these massive food corporations um, that want to make money, that obviously want to sell you their products, um, and they have some sort of contract or system that works with the government that promotes these ridiculous eating guidelines, which I would never say, like, even now, I don't even know if they've changed it yet. I haven't even checked lately. I, looked, I actually looked in the Ministry of Health before I came here, and meat, you want to be having less than 500 grams of red meat per week with the fat removed. You want to be having a healthy dose of fruit and veg, which is pretty good. But then they say having grains in the everyday, grains, breads, pastas, yeah. and um, limiting, limiting your dairy, but you can have it every day as long as it's low fat. So yeah, it sounds like they ridiculous. still have Yeah, and the thing is, yeah, like fat is the most satiating nutrient. It, it is the most satiating macronutrient that will fill you up for a longer period of time um, because it's so calorie dense. So um, when they're saying go for low fat items, which generally have more sugar anyway, to make it taste a little bit nicer, that's just going to cause that spike in your blood sugar level. It's going to cause that spike drop. You're going to feel hungry within a couple of hours. You're going to have that increased energy. Then you're going to have that spike, uh, that drop again. You're going to start craving more sugary foods because you naturally want that quick hit, that quick fix. Um, it's not going to fill you up for long. It's going to give you that dip in energy. And it's just like, whereas, you know, if you were to add the fat, that would stabilize. It would keep you full for longer, reduce things like cravings that a lot of people experience and give you good energy mm. so it's just like yeah and it's so confusing for people too because food supermarkets and all these different food products and advertisements it's just people do get confused and mm. that's what i see a lot with my clients is mm. i'm like just take it back to the basics like for example the way that food um, supermarkets are laid out. I was just about to say this. Yeah. yeah, around the outside is generally what you need, yeah. not down the middle aisles. But they've created it, so it's good marketing, advertising, and that's what comes down to a lot of these products: low fat, you know, ninety nine percent fat free, 
uh, and people just think that fat makes you fat. Yeah. That's that's what they think. Yeah. But really, not at all. It's it's more sort of nowadays, I guess you could say, the refined sugar, and the way that people are eating or adding a lot of the processed foods in that are devoid of certain nutrients, yeah. that um, that make your insulin more resistant. It's going to sort of like cause weight gain over time. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to say insulin because I'd love to um, clarify that. What exactly is insulin? So it's a hormone that controls your blood sugar levels. So mm. it controls um, blood sugar or glucose to go into your cells. So into like your cells and your muscles and your liver to help with energy production mm. essentially. Um, so a lot of the time when people, <clears throat> well, when when you hear the phrase um, insulin resistant, what that is, is basically your pancreas produces insulin, so that hormone that controls um, blood glucose, um, it keeps producing more and more and more, but your insulin is resistant to the receptors, that it's kind of like the key cannot go into the door and unlock it, it's just mm. tapping it, like, and so yeah. over time, blood glucose gets built up in your bloodstream and then you know it can cause things like diabetes mm. or um, other issues you know eye problems um, fluid retention but ultimately diabetes insulin resistant over time does cause diabetes which obviously leads to a range of issues um, so like making your insulin more sensitive so more efficient and shuttling glucose in and out of your cells which helps with your energy production, will help with your blood sugar control, which will help with your energy, things like sugar cravings, and also, you know, hunger levels too. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I'm just not sure if I'm explaining yeah, it well. No, yeah, it's, it sounds like it does. So essentially when someone's diabetic, they're, they, they'll, they'll, I imagine they'll be insulin resistant yeah. because that they've got so, their body's got so used to having such high doses of foods that are high in glycogen that's requiring the insulin hormone to be secreted in their body to then break that down but because it's having to break down so much and produce insulin so much the body's basically numb to the insulin that can't yeah. even process anymore because there's so much yeah pretty much kind of yeah like, so it reminds me of someone that's like say taking drugs like you know they're high and then it gets to a point where I just mellow. They keep taking more and more, like a coke, coke, someone on cocaine. Yeah, you just become so resistant. You just to become it. resistant to the cocaine. Yeah, yeah and you need more and more and more. But really, yeah, it's not, like you're, you're just your receptors. Aren't, there's too much insulin for yeah. the the receptors in your body, and um, and then you know their pancreas can you can they can start to get pancreas issues because you're, there's beta cells in your pancreas that produce insulin. And actually, from the fasting mimicking diet that you've done, yeah. he's shown. Glad through, you brought that up. Yeah, <laughs> he's shown through research and trials now that that this is the only sort of fasting diet that um, that regenerates these beta cells on your pancreas to produce more insulin. Mm. So it's pretty crazy. So, so people with diabetes generally. Their, their, those beta cells on their pancreas are not working yeah. at all. So, so, so once you're diabetic, can you not be diabetic anymore? Yes, you through, can. You can reverse it through diet and lifestyle. Wow. Yeah. You hear, yeah. If you heard that, anyone like, I know there's obviously the genetic. Um, you're you're predisposed genetically, but I've also heard about this term epigenetics, and it's what 
what you're doing from an environmental standpoint that will be switching on those genes. So just because you're diabetic, just because you're predisposed to have Alzheimer's, just because you're predisposed to have gout, it's all just coming back to lifestyle, what you're eating, the environment in which the genes are expressed through. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really cool topic that I like actually want to do more study on. But there is this cool book called Dirty Genes by Dr. Ben Lynch. Yeah, I need to get that off you. Yeah, um, and he is all about epigenetics yeah. and sort of cleaning up your genes via the environment, the food you eat, you know, other lifestyle factors. Um, but he talks yeah a lot about epigenetics yeah. and stuff, which is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, um, there's that doctor, um, Dr. Bruce Lipton. I think he's the one that like patented or, or discovered epigenetics. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. a real, real fascinating conversation. Any of you geeks out there that are wanting to go down this rabbit hole, definitely check out Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton. He kind of really um, yeah canvases and explains the whole like field and how much, you know, what the environment we are. And even, even, the, even the story we tell ourselves, how we, how we exist on day to day internally, like the stories we tell ourselves that can even determine the expression of genes. So yeah, just, there's totally. so many, there's yeah. so many components to this. Um, yeah. Before, before, cause you mentioned the fasting mimicking diet. So I definitely want to talk about that before we do regarding um, the insulin, what, what, what kind of, I, discovered recently is with bread and how much um, refined carbohydrates, how that just instantly gets converted to sugar in your body. Like how, like what the fuck, you know, I never, I only really found this out like a year ago, like no shit. I never, I don't know, it's just one of those things, like white bread, you always hear the stories like, yeah, white bread, carbs, I want a carb load the night before a run or night before a rugby match, like how, how is that? process happening that it converts to sugar yeah Mm. so so this we could break this down into like carbohydrates so two forms of carbohydrates complex versus simple so complex are like long chain sugar molecules which take longer for your body to digest and break down so examples of complex carbohydrates you know whole grain options instead um oats quinoa but I'll, I'll come back to that. Simple carbohydrates, are, I think it's, yeah, is one or two sugar molecules that are easier for your body to break down that get just released into your bloodstream straight mm. away. So, the so quick energy. Yeah, quick energy, yeah. Which is obviously useful. Beneficial. Yeah, and, you know, that fight or flight state or people who do a lot of training yeah. need that quick hit before so they like train. Honey? honey, is yeah, that, yeah, like, for yeah, example? Yeah, and there's, and there's lots of good like fruit and vegetables yeah. that is classified as simple as well yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of fruit actually yeah. but because they've got all the other added nutrients like um, antioxidants vitamins minerals yeah, and yeah, fiber yeah, 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 yeah. they're bitter sources then say like a lolly or something mm. like that yeah that so cutting you off but quickly the idea that an apple uh, one apple was say 50 calories and a bag of pretzels is 50 calories which one's better and you're like oh well they're both the same calorically so you know, but it's yeah. not at all completely Comes different. Comes the nutrients, yeah, <laughs> yeah and yeah. the way that it's digested in your body. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then you can then you've you've heard of gl- a glycemic index. 
So have you heard of that? Yes. Yeah, like yes. so, like low GI foods. You could explain that. Um, yeah. So basically, they created this um, to classify carbohydrates in, and this comes down to how they rise your blood sugar levels. So the effect that they have on your blood sugar levels. So like you've got low GI foods are more sort of I guess complex carbs. So things like oats and, and oat bran and you know kumara, legumes, yeah. fruit, vegetables like non-starchy veggies. Non-starchy, okay. Yeah, like, a, well, starchy veggies too, like okay. potatoes yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like most all, mostly all vegetables there. Yeah. And then you've got um, like your medium ones, which are like brown rice and whole wheat bread. So like classified as medium um, glycemic index. High, you know, white brain, you high sugary cereals. Um, rice cakes, popcorn, all your processed food um, that basically just get and released into your bloodstream mm. straight away and like goes back to how it causes that spike and then mm. that drop. Mm. Whereas complex carbs are released nicely, slowly. So give you that stable release, stable bit of energy. And often a lot of the time why people crave sugar is to do with their blood sugar levels. So women especially, you know, might crave more sugar um, and that comes down to what they're eating before if they've got that right balance and, you know, whether it's simple or complex carbohydrates. So that can be all relative to insulin and the mm. way that it has a, that mm. effect on your body. Mm. Yeah, yeah, great, great. That's, yeah. I think that really kind of describes it a bit. Um, so, and even from like an evolutionary standpoint, this is something that I'm like now looking at more, even from like, you know, the paleo times that these um, simple carbohydrates would have become in such benefit is that they, there wouldn't have actually been that much of an abundance of fruit, but when they had it, they could take in it. It would have allowed more energy for the hunt. Yeah, before yeah their like honey excursions. or like berries, you know, yeah. foraging. Yeah. When they did, yeah, totally. If they need that quick hit of energy, great for that. Because obviously when you're doing high intensity exercise, your body predominantly uses glucose or glycogen as yeah. that source of fuel, yeah. Yeah. you know, because it's burned fast, we, we need. Yeah. But if you're not burning it, then it just becomes Storms. stored as fat. Yeah. Mm. So, and these are the two energy systems, correct, the body has. It's glycogen and um, ketones, right? The other two energy, like... Um, Used for fuel. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so... I want to go to a fasting mimicking diet, but I feel that here is just a cool kind of point to address a bit um, uh, with when it comes to ketones and becoming what what was dubbed fat adapted. Uh, we we touched on fat already, but I'd love to hear like what it would take and what kind of person would best benefit, or if if everyone can benefit from being more fat adapted versus. Um, I guess glycogen carbohydrate adapted like what on the long run it seems uh, what, what, what from the research I've seen is that being fat adapted is it's more sustainable you're able to have longer spurts of energy you're not going to have crashes um, it's really recommended for a lot of these endurance athletes now that are coming out like this ultra endurance athlete Zach Bitter who um, bet the 100 mile world record on track he got it like under 12 hours like running, are running about what was it like five minute or six minute mile pace for a hundred miles? Like the speed, I I don't I don't want to convert it on the fly for you New Zealand listeners, but that's what I yeah. know it as. 
I think I think I think 100 miles equates to about 160 kilometers. So you do that math. So essentially 160 kilometers. He did that in under 12 hours, like that. You know, and he he's 98% uh, allegedly. This is what he said about 98% of his food uptake is fat. That's his yeah. main source of caloric energy output. Yeah. So. What I'm basically asking is like that when it comes to being ketogenic versus not like what what's what's so good about being fat adapted you know versus well yeah totally like endurance athletes definitely benefit more from like a low carb high fat sort of diet because it is it's a slow burning fuel yeah so it's you can just burn more um, ketones uh, for a longer period of time at a say like moderate level of intensity um, and because naturally you store so much more fat in your body as opposed to glycogen you know mm. we only store a limited amount of glycogen in our liver and muscles after this is depleted not completely but um, you know reduced right back down we switch over to burning ketones if you needed this obviously mm. for your energy output mm. um, glycogen uh, is definitely needed if you're going over 60% of your VO2 max, so okay. you're going to that real high intensity, high intensity level. Sprints. Yeah, and you find if you don't have enough glycogen, you will crash. Like, you'll just hit a wall and crash. But if you're keeping it to, like, low to moderate intensity, using those ketones, which is, is fat converted into the fuel source that your body needs, um, is a lot more efficient, it's slow burning, you can keep chipping away, but to make you more fat adapted, fasting is obviously really beneficial yeah. because it forces your body to switch mm. from burning glycogen to um, start using ketones as a source of energy. Um, and then yeah, adapting more sort of a low carb, higher fat diet mm. makes you more efficient. Things like sleep, stress, you know, if you're under a lot of chronic stress, your body's in that fight or flight state. It wants to burn glucose mm. as a source of energy. So managing your stress once again, focusing mm. on that, um, can make you more sort of fat adapted. But I guess when, um, you know, when you, when you use ketones too, um, which, you know, there's a few different sorts of ketones, but once this is released into your bloodstream, I just wanted to read this point, taken up by the brain and other organs, it's shuttled into your energy factory, mitochondria, like your energy production mm. pathway, and used up as fuel straight away. So blood glucose remains physiologically normal due to the glucose derived from certain amino acids and the breakdown of fatty acids. So okay. low so, blood sugar levels. Yeah. And people benefit from low blood sugar levels because then they don't get cravings. You know, they feel mm. like they've got sustained energy. Mm. Um, ketones passing over to your blood brain barrier and your, your brain starts using those ketones. So once again, it's like a slow burning fuel that you can just keep chipping away at, whereas glucose you use up quite quickly. Mm. So, so it's almost like when you going back to the stress. So when you're in a stress state, your sympathetic nervous system is firing. That that's why, because from an ancestral standpoint, when we see that tiger or that 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 saber tooth, it's like boom. Okay, we need glycogen in order to get those fast twitch muscle fibers working, so we can go to anaerobic state. So fast, quickly sprint, and then boom, it will very quickly be depleted. But whereas fat essentially is if you're going for a long hunt out in the yeah. day you haven't eaten in about two three days your body's naturally going to switch over to 
um, utilizing ketones for fuel and it will be able to sustain these yeah because it's slow burning you know like obviously there's like um, nine calories to in um, like a gram of fat mm. and four in um, a gram of carbohydrates Carbs, yeah. so you know Fascinating. a lot more energy same for to protein use. right four grams yeah four, yeah. yeah so it's just slow burning and your body stores a lot more fat than carbohydrates. Yeah, I've heard it's like you've got like 10,000 calories worth at any one time of fat, whereas oh, yeah, you've got I'd about 2,000 calories. More. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you just, you just, it's just a lot more efficient. Yeah. And But these, these days, obviously, due to the modern world that we live in, people are just loading themselves up on refined carbs yeah. and not eating enough healthy fat yeah. and then you know, stress and lack of sleep mm, and everything, yeah. it's just too much for them. And yeah, yeah then surrounded by marketing and advertising by these massive food companies, yeah. doesn't and if you're help stoned, convenience. It makes it even harder to be <laughs> make rational, disciplined decisions. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> or when you're drunk, like especially with New Zealand, <laughs> with New Zealand drink culture. I've heard this statistic: like eighty percent of all vegans when they're drunk, aren't they? They they they, they, oh, they break. Turn. Yeah, yeah, they break. <laughs> they crack when they're drunk. Oh, I'm not. I'm not hating on vegans, by the way. I've given given you guys a couple couple blows, but I, I love you. I yeah. love you. Um, well, <laughs> I'd love to kind of um, now bring it back to the FMD, the fasting mimicking diet. Um, just to kind of like segue into this, it was was something I've done too now that um, this protocol that Annalise formed and basically what it is is for for five days you're basically um, consuming a very low calorically low um, set of foods for five days and she'll explain it more more um, more eloquently uh, that Essentially, your your body is in a state where it's only getting a set amount of calories, a set amount of food groups in. Therefore, the body's having to adapt into a state of ketosis and then go into a state of what's called autophagy, which is basically cellular recycling. Is that is that is yeah. that right? Yeah. You could just talk about this. I'm real curious as to like where it came from and the benefits. If you could kind of give a more um, yeah, about the, the fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, it was created by this Italian biologist called Dr. Volta Longo, which who's a specialist in the field of aging and longevity. So he actually, um, during his I think thirty years of um, study and looking at you know how people age, how can we reduce the aging process, how can you live to the healthiest and best life that you can, and know maintaining a good quality of life he went around the world and studied like group of uh, groups of centurions so people who live over the age of 100 and looked at their diet their lifestyle their epigenetics their environment that they lived in and basically he he created this fast for the modern day world so it's easy for people to implement um, but one of the, the the key benefits is to to help um, maximize longevity and reduce your aging by doing this and the reason why um, is because just to touch on that sorry for the modern day world you know it's a lot easier to eat to 
implement this diet than to tell someone go and water fast for like five days you know which that, is hard yeah which would from, be really hard experience for, yeah for anyone to implement yeah. but what he found and there's loads of research out there now i mean he is his fasting diet is the only diet that has been proven by research and he's done lots of human studies now which um if people want the information it's actually on my website awesome um, what is that by the way just keynutrition.co.nz great <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so he so throughout the five days um like you said you know the first day you start at a thousand calories drop days two to five um 700 and it's specifically created so you have low protein moderate to high sort of fat and carbs throughout the um, five days but he's showing that doing this and implementing this you still it's uh, as if you mimic your body in a fasted state so it's it's like you're fasted but it's actually proven to be better than water fasting because you're still feeding your gut microbiome you're not completely killing them all off so it's actually yeah showing through that that that's been really beneficial but basically like days one is like you're transitioning into that fasted state days two your body is really starting to ramp up nutritional ketosis so you know start burning ketones as a source of fuel um, days three three and four cellular autophagy kicks in so your body's natural site recycling mechanism yeah. so is um, that the aging component where it helps with yeah, aging is that yeah. your, your, your body's killing away all the senescent cells yeah that, all the cells um, that have been that damaged all, from yeah. oxidized right. um, uv I imagine sun right as well like yeah UV yeah damage and, all sorts of stuff yeah, so it's like um these cells these damaged cells become engulfed in these yeah. um like bigger cells and they kind of like heal them and fix them and spit them out as a new cells so basically like your body's natural mechanism of recycling um and then days four and five is stem cell regeneration ramps up so um like you're in your as we age um we our body's natural production of stem cells decrease but we store a lot of stem cells in our bone marrow so the stem cell regeneration helps to release those stem cells into your body and they travel to sites that need repairing and fixing so the immediate sort of sites so sites that have a lot of inflammation so it might be like for example i had a guy who recently did it which was pretty cool he had a lot of back issues from a car accident that he was in years ago um, and he was seeing the physio but what he, he liked to run a lot and he couldn't run because every time he ran even after five years of recovery he would get back pain so he did this fast and then he's like right i'm going to test myself and go for a run after the fast and for the first time in five years he experienced no back pain wow. and he had mentioned that he thought he had a really good diet um, and he'd seen a physio on a regular basis you know done everything to help with recovery but this was the first thing that he noticed that his back pain had disappeared which showed that a lot of that stem cell regeneration and rejuvenation happened so yeah it's pretty crazy yeah. and i think you know as you know from experience yeah. The amazing health benefits that you do experience throughout the five days it is achievable and manageable yeah. for most people yes it's a hard mental and physical challenge but which i think it seems to add add to the whole protocol is is, is that fact it's, it's it's hard you know you've got to be disciplined you've got to be very determined you've got to have your intentions set because it'll be very easy to break break and crack 
yeah you know, if you're not if you're not set that adds it seems to add to the whole initiation of that fast you know it's that you've got the physical benefits the health benefits it's also the mental benefits there's almost a spiritual component too the clarity that's something i noticed my mental clarity from the first one i did to this one i felt cognitively just very sharp very clear i was able to be very precise in my speech when i was writing in the morning it was like i had no inhibitions there was no kind of ego withholding i had no kind of barrier to entry when i'd write that's something i noticed really yeah. potently yeah it's interesting oh cool. yeah. yeah and that's probably like um once again like the ketones you know using that as your brain's number one source of fuel is it just the brain's yeah like becoming a lot more sharp alert wow. you know um but also it would be a lot to do with the stem cell regeneration yeah. too you know if you had like maybe a little bit of inflammation in your brain it would help yeah. with that um a combination of different things but yeah i think it's a great thing to do for most people to do every now and again specifically if you've got any health issues definitely Mm, yeah. yeah well it's awesome well i don't want to hold you up too much longer i feel that fuck, i could do like another three or four podcasts <laughs> with you like let's make that a promise that we're going to come back and definitely do yeah more. yeah we could I, talk I, about a couple of uh, other things yeah you'll, yeah you'll be you'll be like the ronda patrick of of i'll have to get i'll have to get the um your other nutritionist too to kind of create a bit of a, a web you know of, yeah of jess will be great to talk about yeah. gut health yeah, yeah she's amazing and speaking from experience you know she's got uc um and she's been through a lot and it's pretty crazy wow. the experience she's had with doctors yeah. gastroenterologists oh. and all sorts of stuff like she can speak about that and it will just blow your mind because she was basically told by the specialist that she had to get um, a, a massive chunk of her large intestine removed what? and she said no oh no she said sorry her large intestine oh, her a, a specific area of her bowel was going to burst if she didn't get it surgically removed where she would have had to live with a bag taped to the outside of her body for the rest of her life and she just said no I'm not going to accept that she basically took herself um, out of hospital and stayed in a hotel next to the hospital for a week just in case anything did happen and just um, did a bone broth fast for a week came back and everything was healed and the specialists were like what did you do she's like I told you I did nothing I just drank, she got her sister in, they cooked lots of chicken carcasses, bone broth. She just drank that for a whole week and her inflammatory markers had dropped. She didn't need that bowel resection at all. Um, and the specialist didn't believe her that she just did that through diet, which is pretty crazy and just shows you what the, the world we live in now um, with these sorts of doctors. Yeah, but anyway, we can get her in and she can talk about yeah, that because it's cool that. to it's cool to hear about her experience yeah. and what she's um, yeah. had to deal with. Yeah, and, I, and yeah, and I think listeners out. Uh, hope, hope, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that this was my intention is to kind of demystify a few things and without it of being too you know in depth. I felt you know um, Annalise and hopefully I were able to kind of yeah synthesize it and, and kind of really bring it yeah, down to elementary. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry if I went on a tangent yeah. and rambled on yeah. a bit. But yeah, I don't I know what level you kind of Yeah, no, I, th I, I, think it was, I think it was digestible. Um, <laughs> excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess I guess to kind of like close it off, uh, you, you mentioned it before, but just just for 
just for the person that's wanting just a real, you know, dietary wise, like not, not so much, um, you know, job and career and, and relationships, but dietary wise, what would be, you know, the best way to kind of approach living a life that's sustainable and, and, and living a life that's more abundant? You're going to be a healthy individual. You're going to be able to uh, respond and be more resilient and prepared for the hardships that life throws at you, both from both from, I guess, from an acute standpoint, from like environmental, but also just from the internal, the emotional standpoint. Like, what what would you recommend that the listener do from a dietary standpoint to really just become a, a wholer, fuller, healthier individual? What would be? Yeah. So yeah. I would say, um, like I said before, you know, just just adapt more a whole foods based diet. Yeah. So eating more real food less processed so foods with minimal ingredients which obviously covers a lot of your protein your, you know and good quality like animal protein yeah. um then you know if you can go for more organic fruit and veggies um just because a lot of them are so heavily yeah. sprayed with pesticides and herbicides but if not go for the clean 15 list yeah which is um on my instagram and the dirty dozen yeah, yeah yeah avoid the dirty dozen if you can um once again you know drink lots of water most people don't yeah. um focus on sleep prioritizing good quality sleep every night um, doing some movement every day doesn't have to be anything intense, just whatever you can manage. Yeah. Um, and then balancing out your whole foods based diet with treating yourself every now and again because yeah. you've got to have that good relationship with food. Yeah. You know, not just be like, right, this is the only thing I can eat. It's got to be manageable, long term, sustainable. Yeah. That's what I tell people. I don't work with people to create them a diet, it's more a meal plan and creating good habits with lifestyle changes looking at the future what what can you sustain long term and that's the best approach really um so having that balance too you know don't get me wrong we all love a few glasses of wine or yeah. like a good takeaway meal or yeah. going out for dinner you know yeah. but i think once you start eating more whole foods you enjoy that yeah. and you actually make conscious better choices when you go out like it's not like you're going to go out and go to mcdonald's for, for dinner you actually like i actually want something better quality i might go for burger fuel instead yeah. you know so you yeah. start making those better choices anyway yeah yeah amazing great yeah, yeah. and yeah. then uh, you know throwing in things like fasting and all of that but once again you know i'm a massive advocate of fasting but it's not suited for everyone mm. so you know it's just what mm. works for you and mm. that's when it comes down to um working with the individual one-on-one -on -one. yeah yeah, it's great. It's some real great sound advice. Um, yeah, you touched you, you, on the organic, so that's like a whole other rabbit hole I'd love to go down. But yeah, as for time, um, yeah, there's still so many things I feel I didn't even address. And I'm like, man, like we got to definitely have another interview. Um, it would be real great to kind of get, get in more in depth and even for the listener i'd love to hear hear what you guys are thinking of like what you would like to hear more of um and you know me and annalise or annalise of course could probably hatch it out and fit fill us in um for those that want to find you maybe want a consultation with you want to hear more from you um what would be the best avenues to direct yeah so um on my website, like I yep. said before, cool. keynutrition.co.nz, yep. or Instagram, Facebook, I'm on there, just says What's your Instagram handle? Um, keynutrition oh, underscore. Easy. Yeah, so easy, easy to find. 
yeah. um, just flick me a message or book awesome. it online or yeah, flick me an email. Right. Yeah, for any of those that are yeah wanting to take serious change, I've I've been seen and I've had I think two or three consults with her, and it's helped me like profoundly. And this is yeah, this is me being completely honest. And I'm about to have like another little session with her now just to re um, assess some of my goals. So yeah, for any of those that truly want to actually take a bit of um, ownership and take the reins of their life, you know, from a health standpoint, that yeah, I would really recommend seeing her. Uh, so yeah, Annalise, thanks so much for this. I really appreciate it. I really hope that we were able to demystify a few things and give a bit of insight to just the layman, the, the common folk that are, you know, curious, but they feel inundated with all the terminology and all the jargon and all the misinformation. I think this could be a real good kind of segue for a lot of the listeners to hopefully start their own journey and their own research. Yeah, so, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, pleasure. <laughs> Plenty more to come. Well, over and out. Love yous. And yeah, we'll speak soon. Bye. How did we go, people? Man, I was so stoked with that conversation. Felt that Annalise was, yeah, clear. She made a lot of sense. And she was able to, yeah, canvas and dissect a lot of the information and a lot of the questions that I had. Uh, I just really hope for, you know, the listener that there was some takeaways that you can, yeah, integrate <coughs> and bring into your own life. It was, uh, that was the real intention of the conversation, you know, to, to bring about change and give you a bit of perspective as to where you're at. And then from there, bring forth some change and start implementing some healthy patterns and healthy habits that can carry you out for the rest of your life and for you to live as, as optimally as you can. I really enjoyed it and I'm definitely going to have Annalise back on and yeah keep this outro short and sweet thanks again to the sponsors myself uh, and yeah keep it locked look forward to the next episode and stay tuned give us a like and give us a comment on Apple Podcasts and share it around to your friends for those that you think could get some benefit from it you know, this is all about sharing the love and sharing the information and we all want to come up here. We all want to be healthy. We all want to be loving. We all want to have love. We all want to be fit. We all want to be full of energy. We all want to be living our purpose and, and really, really, truly going out in this world with as much passion and devotion that we all deservedly have. It's just tapping into it and finding those, finding those cues. Anyway, love you all and I look forward to our next touching the next podcast so yeah peace and love